Hello, everyone. This is Barack Lurie at the Barack Lurie Show and Podcast. And um, we uh, have quite a few things to talk about that have come up of late. Uh, my first topic is about Kathleen Sebelius and uh, her, the resignation, quote-unquote, uh, that she uh, tendered recently. And, you know, look, I, I'm not, everyone knows that she was pushed out. Fine. Um, I, I don't begrudge her at all. And you know what? I, I want to say this very plainly. I've said this on my radio show as well, that um, she, uh, I don't hold any grudge against her. I, I don't find that she's incompetent even. Uh, she was just dealing with a loaded deck. She had to deal with a program that was doomed to fail. It, it is failing. It has failed. It will fail. And uh, it's just a train wreck. So she merely set the train off the rails a little bit earlier. Let's put it that way. And uh, maybe she did everyone a favor in the process. She did look a little bit like a deer in the headlights from time to time. But you know what? This new person, maybe she'll be really great. Uh, I don't know her name right, right away, but um, I'm sure she'll be just as caught in the headlights as uh, Sibelius was. Why? Because she has to deal with this man named Barack Obama, uh, who wants to centralize all his authority and at the same time wants everyone to do everything just right. So he wants to micro and macro manage at the same time. Can't be done, folks. Just can't be done. So that's one thing. Um, the other thing is the IRS scandal with Lerner, Lois Lerner. What the heck is going to happen with that one? Um, you know what I'm... If I were her, I would. Here's what I'd be looking at: the calendar. <laughs> um, November will come soon enough, and there's no doubt that uh, Congress and the Senate will have many more Republicans uh, that are now going to be judging her in the process. If they could just delay things a little bit, they've already got, I think, a contempt hearing in the subcommittee, right? A, a contempt recommendation. And it'll certainly happen if they, uh, if uh, the Republicans take over the House at the end of the day. She will be held. You mean in the Senate? In the Senate, I'm sorry. She will be held in contempt. And uh, that will just open up the doors for more subpoenas and more demands. And, and uh, of course, the liberals will call it a witch hunt and uh, racist and all those things that they always do. Uh, but the reality is we know that Obama had uh, an agenda behind this. This does go to the top and it's, it's kind of obvious that it goes to the top. Um, but those are big issues of the day. And the final big issue is the Benghazi thing. I won't let that die, uh, for the sake of the four brave men who fought valiantly. Um, we now know how easy it could have been to send some, uh, jets to just simply strafe the bad guys. Even if they couldn't get their boots on the ground instantly, they could easily strafe of uh, the place. Define strafe for the uh, listeners who aren't familiar with ground air to ground air right. force operations. Well, you've seen this in movies where uh, you know the the the, the propeller jet, uh, propeller warplanes go down low and they start firing and you know one man starts to run away but there's these two nice lines that kind of go on on both sides of him and uh, and a bullet sprang. Well, it tends to scatter people and that's what they would be just strafing with bullets. And I, I can guarantee you, people would suddenly, uh, you know, sprawl all over the place. Yeah, in other words, you think that strafing them would make them abandon their protest? At least they would the delay video. their protest. Of the and video. 
Oh, yeah. oh I see. Yeah, yeah that's right. The, the big protest of the video. That's right. Totally forgot about that. Uh, we are both laughing because we, we both know that the video had nothing to do with the press of tea in China on that. And it's uh, just it's such an embarrassment. Anyway, um, but instead, nothing of any kind happened. And uh, these these horrible men did what they did to our brave men. And they did it with impunity uh, because they could do it with impunity. Nobody was supporting. I can only imagine as they, as they started realizing that nobody was going to do anything, they got more and more emboldened in the process. What a shame. Uh, and for shame as well for this, to this administration. I won't let this die. Um, now, here's an interesting thing. So many of you listening... Um, you know, if you're listening, first of all, kudos to you in a sense, because you're listening, uh, because you want to hear the other side. Perhaps you're a liberal yourself. You want to hear what the other side thinks, how we think. Um, and, and some of you are actually thinking like, I just don't know. What is the, what are the issues? How, how do conservatives look at them? And many people kind of turn after a while. They realize, you know, I, I don't like being on the other side of the equation. And, and that's great. And the question today that I want to pose to our listeners is, what would it take you to convert? And by convert, I mean to, liber- to conservatism. What would it take for you to convert? Uh, we talked before on a previous podcast about the on button, right? Did we talk about that, Ari? Where there's an on button, you know, every, every contraption has a little, a little on button. And when you get a new contraption... Um, from whatever, Amazon or something like that, new camera, and you kind of look around it and say, ah, there's the on button, or that what appears to you try it, and either it works or it doesn't, but you finally figure it out after five minutes or so, hopefully less, ah, here's the on button, here's what turns this on, and then you might actually um, learn a little bit more about the device later on. Without reading the instructions, right, made. right, right. Without reading, the, I almost never. Yes, you could just read the instructions. That would be that would be the. That's easy why way. they write them. <laughs> sure, if you want to do the easy way, <laughs> right. <laughs> but but just looking at the device alone, you wouldn't necessarily know, right? I mean, not immediately. You kind of fidget around. Um, it might be on the back. It might be on the top. It might be on the sides. Um, and the the question is, what is what is your on button? What is the thing that would get you? to turn on to being a conservative or to at least view conservatives as not evil. Um, what would that take? Uh, what, what does it look like for you, Mr. Liberal or Mr. On the Fence, shall we say? Because if you're on the, on the left, far left, you're, it's very hard to con- convert these people. They, they, they are true believers. It's uh, people who are far, far on the left. Um, converting them, it's almost like converting... Uh, expecting somebody who has spoken Chinese all his life to suddenly speak Russian. It's, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, they can learn, of course, but it's a very difficult and, and engaging process that they're not willing to do. So they have this whole doublespeak in their heads about how the world works, and uh, they framed the opposition, in, in their case, the conservatives, a certain way, and it's very hard to undo that. Some sort of crisis has to happen before you realize how wrong you, you've been. But it does happen. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, David Horowitz, right, from the Freedom Center and otherwise. Um, you know, he was uh, as, as liberal as they come. Yeah, two that we know very well. Uh, 
Dennis Miller and Evan say it, uh, converted when they saw September 11th happen. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good moment to so, convert. So those kind of moments. Yeah, there, there are many 9/11. Fortunately, yeah. I mean, it's it's a shame. I mean, but what's the epiphany? I mean, certainly 9/11 was not my epiphany, um, but but my epiphany was not. I was never a uh, diehard liberal. I was never on the far left, so I'm not really a good example. Um, I think there's like three or four, and I can't classify them all. But the two that yeah. come to mind is the first one that you mentioned, a cloud event of some sort that makes people basically have the, oh, I could have had a V8 kind of moment. Right. And the, the more effective one that, and I've told you several times on this podcast what happened to me, is why I called the hold up the mirror to them event, where someone says something to you and you realize you have become the thing you most despise being. Right. At that moment you see, for lack of a better phrase, the error of your ways and it's sort yeah. of like a a come to Jesus kind of conversion moment, almost on on the level of your soul right. or a religious kind of moment. You know, those are fantastic moments when you observe them. It's um, it's the uh, you know it's the what my, my God, what have I done moment from uh, the bridge over the River Kwai with uh, the Alakinis character, right? You've seen this movie, yeah. And he he realizes that he's aiding and abetting the the Japanese. He forgot what his mission was. And, and our mission, uh, as Americans, as believers in God, for that matter, as Jews and Christians, what is our mission? Our mission is to advance the cause for God, for one thing, but also to advance capitalism, to advance progress, to, to, to you know, see the world in a happy place, um, that, you know, that we're all better off if everyone's happy. Uh, not happy doesn't necessarily mean that they all, all are receiving money. On the contrary, it, it may mean that they receive less money. I think to bottom line it in, in non-religious terms would be to spread peace, prosperity, and the ability to be happy. That's because right. remember, the Constitution says all men are born with these rights. Among them, the pursuit of happiness. It doesn't right. mean you're going to get happiness. That's right. But you have the right to pursue it. Yeah. So I think most liberals, myself included at the time, mm-hmm. we thought we were spreading those three things. The right. hold up the mirror moment for me was important because I realized that the ideologies I had been convinced to believe in were doing the very opposite. Right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, when, you, we are, when you're doing the very opposite, when you're doing the hateful things, when you're... I mean, a good example is this week... Uh, uh, Al Sharpton was holding a, a conference on racism. Mm-hmm. Now, of all the people to hold a conference on <laughs> racism and racist peace, a man who has been the instigator of the most severe pogrom on American soil against Jews is bizarre. Right. And then the modern uh, racial Nazis, if you will, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, 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 the race hustlers, the poverty pimp, those kind of people, the Jesse Jacksons, the Eric Holders, the Barack Obamas, who are all promoting racial harmony and equality are associating with this man. That's an example of what we mean of people who need to have the mirror held up before them to see what they've become. Right. It's, uh, it would be great. I mean, that, that would be an epiphany that'd be great. That would be the on button for some people. It was certainly for you. But generally speaking, we engage in, in debate with people, right? And you know, I guess that's one way of dealing with them is to confront them and say, you're a communist or you're, you know, you're doing the very thing that you claim to hate. 
Yeah, you're um, destroying the environment. You're being hateful towards women. You're f- waging the war on women, the war on children. Right. You're you're being racist, not right. you, Brock, but right, right. them out there. They, yeah. You are being racist by promoting these policies that keep uh, people of, of ethnic backgrounds down. Uh, uh, Charles Barkley, the basketball player, said something brilliant. I think it was a few weeks ago. He said, if uh, you're voting for these Democrats because you're expecting them to help the poor, why is it the poor is still poor? After 40 years. Right. And yeah. then, of course, why are all the, 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 the cities that are controlled by Democrats, why are they suffering so poorly? And why are the poor in those cities growing? Why are they all going bankrupt? And so on. Uh, these are wonderful things to talk about. Well, okay, so that's one way of, of dealing with it, I suppose. That's one on button is to hold up the mirror. I like the way you say it. To hold up a mirror to them and say, uh, you know, you're doing the very thing that you claim to hate uh, or, or, or that you are becoming the very thing that you claim to hate. Um, uh, so let's let's think about other things that that if, if you're the diehard liberal, what is it that would be your on button? Uh, and, and there might be a couple of on buttons. And what I've come to say in the other day, uh, the other days, is to simply say, what is it? I invite them to tell me, what is it that would change you to become a conservative? And the first thing they say, I'll never be a conservative. Okay, wait, 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 wait. What is it, however? that will make you realize that you're on the wrong team. How about that? You're on, you suddenly realize you're on the wrong team. Like Alex, like Alec Guinness realized he's on the wrong team. Okay. Uh, he know. just built a bridge for the Japanese army. That's right. What, what the, what <laughs> to the win the war yeah. against his country. Right. What the frig have I been doing? Like, you know, it's all nice to give a sense of pride to your soldiers. And, and I think an interesting sort of preface to that is the, an admission by us who are conservatives, which is this. I in no way, and I, I think we've talked about this before, neither of us would ever say, we're conservative, that's it, we're never changing our mind, we're closing our mind. Right. Of course not. No. If someone comes along with a truly great argument for us, we're going to listen. So. Yeah, I agree. You know. but, the key, but the key is... Where are the arguments that, that will turn them around? So, for example, let me tell you uh, that there are numerous arguments that I was dealing with or that I was grappling with. And I think what I was grappling there were certain assumptions that I had always made. I had made, I'd made the assumptions. I, I was already cool with, you know, and it, it never entered, entered my mind that, uh, that a whole swath of people were automatically racist. I didn't buy that for a second. Um, I, I thought that Republicans might have been trying to um, suppress votes, um, but I didn't think they were inherently racist. I, didn't, I, I thought that was just inherently childish. Uh, I also didn't believe for a moment that, um, uh, that uh, somehow capitalism was a bad thing. I accepted capitalism as a very good thing and that it was important for innovation and such. My mistake was to think that the Democrats supported capitalism uh, and, and it just, you know, I was wrong about that. Um, the, the reality was that uh, Bill Clinton, uh, you know, created a great area. He was actually very supportive of capitalism. So, but we now know that the Democrat platform, that, that he was actually counter to the Democrat platform in many ways. So Bill Clinton was the best blessing to the Democrats ever because, you know, there, there was a good period of time in the 90s with Bill Clinton there, but that's only because he played ball with the Republicans, and we, we know what happened as a result of that. So when, when people vote Democrat today, they still have this positive feeling about Bill Clinton in the 90s, and he was a Democrat, by golly. Therefore, Democrats are, can be good. Um, 
but going back to my own conversion, so the issues for me were abortion. Um, there, it was also about America's role in the world. And um, well, what else was it? Um, oh, religion. Uh, I felt, you know, maybe, maybe there should be a separation of church and state and all that stuff. So I explored that. And once I felt satisfied that the Republican way was much more healthy on all three of those issues, uh, I, was, uh, I was done. That was it. It was an effort for me to completely turn over and, make, and call myself a Republican um, and conservative for that matter. I don't know about other people. I think it would take them a little bit more. But the on button for a lot of people, I think if you're really further to the left than I was, I think they need to, to, to understand that their vision of conservatives as being greedy and racist, because that's, that's usually the two things that go hand in hand, uh, that they make these wild assumptions, just, just tremendous assumptions automatically. Oh, well, now that you're rich, now, you're, now you want to be conservative, as if half the country is rich. You know, I, I wish, but it's not, right? It doesn't, doesn't, they, they don't do the math on that. But they think that, uh, and not that I'm rich either, by the way, folks, but um, now, that, now that you have some money, therefore you vote for Republicans. That, that's just, it's automatic. They're not even being cynical as they say it. They just think that that's what it is. And, you're, and, and they're liberal notwithstanding having a little bit of money and because you know, they're, they're, they're not being led by the nose by money, you understand. Well, when you change them on that and you help explain the numbers to them, I think that helps. Likewise, um, when it comes to the world at large, you know, when you explain to them that if, if America is not the policeman of the world, somebody else will be. And then they, they, then they say, well, it, it would, why does it have to be that way? And I always say, it doesn't have to be that way. I agree, but it always is. And every period in history in the entire world has always had some sort of muscle man or muscle country that has basically dictated terms of the way things should be. And thank goodness we have this country called America that, that doesn't dictate terms, but nevertheless kind of has a lot of sway culturally and militarily. So uh, we protect, uh, we defend, we, uh, and we provide uh, influence by way of culture and our language and our products and everything else. But if we just uh, step back from that, things are going to start falling apart. But I wonder what the other on buttons are because I'm fascinated. I, I, I talk to these other people and it's, it's um, you talk to them about minimum wage, for example, and they just, they, they just I'm, I'm, you can't get them to think otherwise. You can't get them to accept the fact that minimum wage, a minimum wage might impact the economy. They just see no problem. You know, employers just pay them more. That's all. Yeah, well, so much of the problem that we're up against is cultural propaganda on issues like that one or same-sex marriage or global warming. These are, these are the big ones where they're, they've been so indoctrinated into patterns of thought that have been so reinforced by um, the word of mouth they receive from their culture around them. And it's been repeated over and over and over again so that when they hear a contradictory opinion, they don't react, let's just say on same-sex marriage, with, oh, I guess you disagree. It's, well, the only reason you could disagree is because you are irrational and full of hatred for a certain segment of the population. And so what we're dealing with on-button-wise in actuality is 
the challenge of how do you cut through this this cultural messaging? How do we come up with our own? Right. Um, As these people go home and turn on the evening news, every night there's Brian Williams repeating this every night. Yeah. And then he'll repeat it again tomorrow. You know, the, the good news, of course, is that uh, there are so many different outlets now that have different competing voices. But I, I wonder if people actually listen to that at all. Well, it's still the numbers are still overwhelming. The, in, in aggregate, the only mm-hmm. number of people of our population, of the news receiving percentage of the population that receives in aggregate the alternate voice is about 11%. 83% of people who receive news receive it from mainstream sources. And that's a gigantic mountain to climb. Right. You know, that, that explains why you or I go to a cocktail party in this part of town and we open our mouth to say something and people react with, with stunned disbelief that right. a KKK member is suddenly in the room with them as they perceive it. Right, exactly right. Um, the, the problem with that is that, you know, yes, you can always talk about setting up a good example. And I think you and I are, I think, good examples. We seem like reasonable people. We're articulate and, and uh, we're nice. And we try to be good bosses and good friends. And we talk reasonably. And, but they, they still, you know, it's as if they still look at you like, well, I'm entitled to my racism. And I'm, I'm entitled to my greed. And, uh, and, and they still perceive themselves to be the wonderful people. And they're the ones who are willing to sacrifice um, so much of who they are for the greater good. And not realizing, of course, that in fact, we're the ones sacrificing ourselves for the greater good. They're the ones simply demanding that... That other, we other, sacrifice. That's right, that we, that we sacrifice. And that we give money to each other. And that other people give, you know, they're very good about being generous with everyone else's money. That's that's the main line, and freedom. Just don't forget when they oh, when they yeah. ban plastic bags or barbecues, they're not the ones using the plastic bags or barbecues. We are, right? They they have perceptions just like this president does about the way the world works and um, and acts on those perceptions. Except that those perceptions are so unreal. You know, sometimes it's a function of just experience in life. I suppose that could be somebody's on button that they just get tired. Um, uh, of being, you know, mugged by reality, right? What's the expression? Um, a conservative is, is a liberal who's been mugged, right? You know, it, it'd be a shame if that's what, what it takes, you know, to be your on button, uh, because it shouldn't be that situation. And speaking about exactly that scenario, uh, my parents re- recall a, a woman who uh, was very liberal. She worked, you know, she gave up everything she could in order to work with these, these other people, that would in turn, um, um, you know, some sort of public service thing. But she had to walk through a very dangerous area. And, and, and it, the, the place itself was very dangerous. And then one day she got raped in that place. And obviously that must be a horrific thing for anyone to go through. She went through it and she still didn't, um, it didn't daunt her. She still felt you know, compelled to continue to work there. And she did continue to work there. And then she got raped again. And then she said, okay, enough. And that's when she became a conservative. She said, you know, this, this uh, coddling, it just, it, she saw it as, as leading to a, a world where this kind of stuff could happen. Uh, people feel emboldened to, to rape and to mug and to abuse. And, 
that's what liberalism offers. It, it offers a, um, a world where anything goes. Um, you know, I, I, just, just the other day, I asked uh, my associate, who tends to be on the liberal side, I said, what are, what are your standards? And she said, oh, we believe in equality. We believe in fairness. And, no, okay, standards. I mean, actual standards. Like, you know, you, you, have, you have to, in order to get a, an A, you have to make at least a 90 on your test, right? <laughs> that's, that's a standard. Um, you know, do, do you think everyone should be able to speak English at an eighth grade le- reading level before they, they graduate from eighth grade? That sort of thing. Should they be uh, uh, non-illegal aliens before they get a driver's license? Right. Those are those standards. And I said, what are your standards? I'm talking about that. What would you agree to? What do you think is appropriate? And she can't really say anything very much. It, it, you know, I believe in equality as if that's a standard. You know, there's no standard. You know, that's like saying I like the color red. I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, well, you see, it, it again proves Evan Sayed is so right with and powerful when he makes the point that liberals consider themselves racist when they are forced to think right. and make a decision because they believe, unfortunately, the decision-making process reveals their own biases that they yeah. can't escape from. Yeah. Well, dear listener, uh, and I'm hearing the music now already uh, playing down, but uh, it's, it's, it's worthwhile asking yourself what the... What is your on button? What, what would it take to, for you to either become a conservative or a liberal, right? Uh, by and large, people are converting to conservatism, and it's that liberals are staying con- liberal. Um, but those who are converting, they're converting to conservatism, not the other way around, by and large. And ask yourself, what would it take you to, to turn around? Is it, a, is, is it an assumption that you have? Uh, are you willing to question your assumptions? If you're willing to question your assumptions, I put it to you that you're probably on the road to conservatism without you realizing it. Anyway, Ari, a pleasure as always. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. I was doing-